Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, where you're overly motivated, hopefully motivational, <laughs> real estate coach and, coaches and podcast hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So, Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Our topic du jour is 10 seriously stupid reasons to become a real estate agent. So just making sure that nobody is, uh, you know, falling trapped to any of those stupid reasons. And, of course, I've got some great Facebook shout-outs whenever you're ready. Let's do the Facebook shout-outs. Let's start on a more, I think, um, <laughs> motivate. Let's stay with the motivation, right? So this is, the, let's be like honest, Julie. Some, some of these ten stupid reasons that we wrote down are going to be a little bit painful to some of these listeners because they're going to realize that they probably maybe got into real estate, started their own business, and they were making that mistake. Well, look, guys, look, it's going to be painful for some of you, but the truth is, is this is your opportunity to turn it around and clear up your thinking so you can get your business going in the direction you want it to go. So, Julie, you had some shout-outs, I believe Indeed. emails and some mentions from our private Facebook page. Yes. Absolutely. So from Vivica Valley, I think is how you say her name, she used the Sharpie clothes and took the listing. I also signed a buyer's agreement at the same time and woke up to three BPOs this morning. She says, great Monday morning. Thank you, everybody, from the Good Mojo. And, of course, Coach Rochelle, Tim and Julie Harris, for all the great coaching you guys rock. And uh, one of our fellow members, Andrew Hefner, responds to her, nice, I just – I." used the just listed script for the door knocking today after practicing this morning and got a lead for a listing appointment to be set in coordination with the husband's schedule going back out tonight near my sold property with my just sold script in hand keep up the great work so i love how supportive our members are of each other and then uh let's see we have kiva kendrick who I believe is in Louisiana, and she has some pictures of her newly enhanced, beautifully set up uh, dry erase boards. She did it all for under 20 bucks, and she actually uh, kind of snazzed them up a little bit by painting the outer frames gold, and it looks beautiful in her office, ready to rumble, and she did it exactly the way that we coach uh, our premier members to do so, to have visual tracking. And also Kiva posts a uh, picture of her pre-listing package dropped off already in the morning waiting for the seller to pick it up so nice job implementing everyone and a lot more you know we have the pre-listing package service that you talk about tim some people have posted those are getting completed and just generally good positive feedback motivation you know a lot of agents are asleep at the wheel on monday morning but not our members and listeners so i'm so proud of all of them back to you the uh, challenge that I see a lot of guys having this time of year is this sort of omnipresent feeling of overwhelm. And, guys, look, I'll, I'll give you the secret for dealing with all that and one quick you know, thought. It's normal, and if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's probably because you're headed in the right direction. And uh, the way to have clarity as far as what you're supposed to be doing, just write these things down, tattoo these things, never forget these things, is just every single day, 
focus on accomplishing three to five minimum standards. And those standards have to be lead generation. So if you're going to focus on lead generation, which obviously all of you have to, make sure you're focusing on the sellers primarily that have to sell. Make sure you're working only with the folks that actually positively have a have-to-sell situation. Ideally, that's going to be where you know you put all your best efforts every day. So focus on the have-to-sell sellers. Make a minimum number of contacts to those guys every single day. Contact is a conversation with decision-making adult. So there's the first thing that all of you must do every day. Second thing is obviously pre-qualify, and part of pre-qualifying is, is furiously fast lead follow-up. So make sure that you're calling every single lead you get back, like instantaneously, almost to the point where they're, you're creeping them out. You're so fast calling them back. And use the script to pre-qualify them for motivation, furiously fast lead follow-up. So that would be the second minimum standard all of you should have every single day. The third minimum standard that all of you should have every single day, and this is business-wise. And Notice, guys, I'm focusing on the top of your business. I'm focusing on lead generation. I'm focusing on pre-qualifying. I didn't talk about processing. I didn't talk about tweaking. I didn't talk about any of these other things that agents will sometimes mistake as being priorities. The next thing I would definitely, definitely strongly encourage all of you to do um, is uh, touch your centers of influence every single day. Don't think the centers of influence contacts are the same as the contacts to the sellers that have to sell. They're not. The centers of influence contacts are maybe a half degree more powerful than just making a cold call to like a listed and a sold. But definitely be in front of your centers of influence every day. And then beyond that, guys, there's going to be a lot of other things. It just depends on you individually. We have, as part of our um, real estate treasure map, our book that we give you guys when you request a free coaching call, we lay out minimum standards that you should have or give you suggested ones. Um, but again, the real important thing is, is that you don't feel uh, – when you feel overwhelmed – it's because intuitively you know you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. In other words, you're spending too much time on non-dollar productive, non, you know, uh, you know, basically the things that you're spending your time on aren't going to result in helping anyone or making any money. And you know it inside of you. You know it in your head. You know that it's basically a waste of time, or it's at least not the time, way you should be using your time at that present moment. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, know it's normal. It's June. That's how a lot of people feel. It's you know, you're, I was just talking with our sales staff about this. You know, the bridge. We've already crossed half the 2017 bridge. We can, you know, we've, we've journeyed too long to to go back, and we're looking ahead, and we can barely see, you know, where the bridge is headed. But we know we have to continue to forge forward. That's how a lot of you guys will start to feel kind of kind of emotionally uh, spent a little bit, burning the candle at both ends type thing. Again, I'm going to say this totally normal. That's how you're supposed to be feeling. You're selling real estate. You're essentially in the middle of the season. Stay focused. And if you want clarity in your life, go back to focusing on the things that are going to generate business for you and do those well. When you do those things well, you know, obviously I'd love it for you guys to take a listing every day it would be another minimum standard. But some, you know, for a lot of you guys, it would be a listing a week would be a great week. Our top coaching clients, they do take a listing a day. But the point of it is, is when you, uh, you know, Drill down on what you're going to be doing every single day to three to five things. And no matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter how you know, snarky some customer is or you know, what the hell's going on in politics or what's going on here or there or the other place, doesn't matter. You're going to get those three to five things done every day. And if the rest of the day is complete chaos, well, fantastic. You got the three to five things that you are supposed to get done every day done. You guys get it? That's the critical thing, to have clarity, to have focus, because if you get too mired and stuck in the mud trying to basically do all these other things, all the other sort of uh, non-helping uh, customer, non-making money type things, what you're going to find yourself doing is not making any money 90, 120 days from now, so you're going to hurt yourself right around you know, the holidays. That will be nice for you, right? 
So what you do today is going to pay you 90, 120 days from now. So do not get out of the lead generation, the pre-qualifying, the presenting, um, the closing and negotiating mode. Stay in that mode intensely as you can. Write down what your three to five minimum standards are going to be. Coaching clients, hold each other accountable on the Facebook group. Uh, post what your three to five minimum standards are every day and get those done. Just make sure whatever you're saying you're going to hold yourself accountable to and we're going to hold you accountable to, make sure those things are indeed focused on helping people and making money. By helping people, I'm not talking about customer service. By helping people, I'm talking about pre-qualifying. I'm talking about presenting. I'm talking about the, you know, creating solutions for folks as part of your sales uh, as your, part of your sales process. And that's, of course, what we teach you as part of the coaching program. So there you go. You have permission to feel overwhelmed. You don't have permission uh, to do nothing and just basically decide to veg out for the rest of the summer. All right, so Julie, 10 top Indeed. horrible reasons to own your own business. <laughs> now, you guys can tell probably from this topic, this is one of those shows that I've written. <laughs> you guys tell the Tim shows from the Julie <laughs> shows, can't you? Serious. You can. Right. Okay, so the first, so. the first, Julie, I'll do the first one. You can do the second one, okay? Please. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, and I have to say, this first point has really only came into vogue in probably the last 15 years, but I'm seeing more and more of it. So the number one most horrible reason to get in a real estate business or any business whatsoever is you want to be famous, right? A lot of you guys are basically deciding that you want you watch too much Bravo TV. Look, I know all those, you know, we've had all those Bravo guys on our podcast, some of our coaching clients, and you know what? None of them, I can't think of a single one, got into real estate with the idea of being on Bravo one day or being famous. They all got into real estate because they wanted to help people make money. And yet I see this new wave, it's mostly younger folks that are getting into real estate because they have this sort of unfulfilled need for recognition from strangers. They want to be famous. Spotlight, right. And they think, and this is a fallacy, this is a modern-day recipe for disaster, but I see it all the time in modern teachings, is that if you're famous, you'll be rich. Or if if you have a really powerful brand in real estate or any other industry, money will follow. It never works that way. That's just not true. People will do business with you and refer folks to you because you were able to get the job done, not because you decided to put yourself on every bunch, uh, bus bench and every billboard and every everything else in, in town and second or third mortgage to your house. Okay, That's not how it actually works, though there's a lot of people that believe that's the way it works. So if your number one goal or if a main priority for you getting into real estate was because you wanted to be famous, you're looking for – People that basically look up to you to somehow appease your ego in some way, I promise you that's a horrible reason to get into real estate. Point number two, Julie. Point number two, you got in because you believe that, quote, systems are the solution. And that means that if you just systematize everything, you can be lazy and delegate everything else to somebody else. So you had a note here, delegate, don't abdicate. Abdicate is when you delegate and walk away and there's no accountability and you just kind of pray to the real estate gods, everything will work out. And, you know, some of you guys are building teams before you say know how to actually use scripts yourself, know how to actually present, negotiate, close, pre-qualify, all of those things that are pretty core to you making a living. So don't get into this because you think that you're just going to immediately build it, delegate it, and walk away. That's one of the biggest myths out there. Okay, so who's going to hold your team accountable, for example? I've seen so many examples of agents that, you know, they're hiring buyer's agents before they actually use a buyer script or buyer presentation or buyer prequalification themselves. So big mistake. You can't just 
do that without having the experience, the skill, et cetera. So that's I wrote down two things. That. Back to you. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I wrote down two things. Game knows game, or game smells game. You guys should write that down. Yeah, and if you're true. not, if you don't have game, well, I, Jill, you get these calls too, what right? Does that you mean, read these though? emails. I mean, yeah, but translate what okay. you mean by that to them. So those of you who got into real estate, you think that you basically can somehow uh, skip the skills, skip learning how to actually be a hunter yourself, skip how to learn how to be an absolute killer salesperson. You think that somehow you can put a, uh, a system in place, buy leads, get all these minions in place to go out there and earn you money while you just sit around and act like you're the big real estate boss? It won't work. Because they're going to sniff out the fact that you are not what you present yourself to be. And I see that all the time. Really decent salespeople are only going to want to follow other salespeople. Anybody who's a good salesperson is going to want to be around somebody who's going to teach them to be better. Part of, they are, part of the reason that they're good salespeople is because they're trying to improve themselves. They have that inner angst that they want to get better. They want to make more money. They want to – everything in their lives, they're challenging themselves. They're very competitive. Good salespeople are like that. Game smells game. Game knows game. And if, they, if you think you're going to recruit good people to work with you and you're not in that mode, if you're not in that hypervigilant, you know, frosty mode at all times, they will not, A, want to join you, and B, if one of them happens to, they're just going to quit. So just keep that in mind, guys. When you want to basically believe that systems are a solution, you can be lazy and just delegate everything, it won't work. And here's the last little point we wrote down. Julie did already say uh, don't, uh, you know, basically delegate, don't abdicate. But you also, right, but you also need to write down, this is a Ronald Reagan quote, trust but verify. Man, our coaching staff, our, our uh, staff hates me <laughs> when I say that, but it's true. Trust but verify. You can delegate, but you have to verify that it was done. Or put a different way, embrace being a micromanager. You know, look for that, that. That's just the whole fallacy of this whole team thing is that somehow you basically can build a business and then you don't have to work at the same level of intensity. But the truth is, you have to amplify your intensity because you have to not only motivate yourself to get things done, but you have to motivate everyone else that's around you to get things done. There's no automated checklist system that's actually going to make sure things are getting done. I mean, we have, we have Zendesk. Zendesk works great in our business. Most of you guys don't need it because your businesses aren't big enough. Fine. Here's the thing with Zendesk. We have great customer service folks. They do a fantastic job. We monitor, but they'll occasionally close a ticket that isn't ready to be closed. So they can control it because they can hit the button that says closed and close the ticket, which basically is telling the system that there's no additional follow-up that's needed with that particular customer service thing. I mean, that's my for example, guys. We don't allow that to happen. They have to basically con uh, prove that the problem was solved before they can close the ticket. That's micromanaging, as some of you will call it, but it's also effective. It's making sure things are getting done. It's uh, essentially making sure that they don't think that we're abdicating the ultimate result, which is doing a fantastic job for all of you. You guys have to have that same mentality or your business will get away with you. That's the reason that you hear these teams. And if you don't believe me, guys, go back and listen to past podcasts. That's the reason a lot of these teams make so that they can – the margins suck. Big brokerages, 3 to 5% before taxes is what's uh, deemed to be acceptable. I want you guys to listen to what I just said. Would you run a business where you are making 3 to 5% before taxes? That's the money that comes back to you as the owner – before taxes, think about that. How about this? On a, on a team side, 
the best-run teams are making less than 15%. It's arguable if they're even making 10%, but let's just say they're making 15%. They make a million dollars in commission. They have four buyer's agents. They have two staff people. They're buying leads. They're doing all this work. They're doing all this everything. They're making $150,000 a year before taxes. Those are real numbers. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to past podcasts, like I just said, where they tell us their numbers. Does it make sense that you'd want to basically form a team if that was your goal? I mean, basically, if you knew the margins were that small, would you still want to do it? Because most of you guys, if your goal is to make 150000 sticking with that number, most of you guys can sell 200000 make 200000 or like 175 and probably not the same as the guy who's making or selling a million or earning a million dollars in commission through his team. You guys get the concept here? So, you know, that's really what's really critical that you understand the fallacy of this whole team thing, which, by the way, is an upcoming podcast. So let me make sure we write that down. We've got to write that one today. Yep. All right, point number three. Point number three. Now, this is one – I don't hear this a lot in real estate, but this one always makes me laugh. When you're talking with a business owner and they like to talk a lot about their business's culture or they want to talk about how they're basically forming a movement or it feels like almost so, it's a social thing, right, when they talk, when they talk like that – versus basically describing the product and the service and the profit, you can pretty much be guaranteed that company's A, either a nonprofit or, uh, by choice, or they're a nonprofit by bad decision-making. In other words, they're not making any money. So if you guys got into real estate because you just had this vision of forming this team where everyone's going to sit around and sing your praises, it was a big collaborative warm hug, the whole thing was just wonderful, that's not the smart way to start a business. Here, guys, write this book down, book of the week that you must read read is profits aren't everything they're the only thing profits aren't everything they're the only thing julie point number four all right point number four is that you believe that owning your business is only a 40-hour work gig okay i'm trying to make sure that i read that right your business is i think you meant only 40 hours versus potentially thinking about it all the time with i think you often say that it looks like you're self-employed and you have all this freedom, but there's this antivirus software running in your brain 24-7. That's why you wake up <laughs> right. at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking about stuff, thinking about the business. Uh, yet another myth, right, that you own your own business, you're running your own show, and that means that you know you can only work between these succinct hours and you're in total control of all that. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Those of you who have been in this for a while are pretty clear that that's not the case. That doesn't mean that you can't work towards efficiency, but I think that that being a reason to to get into real estate in the first place or to be running your own show on its own doesn't really hold much merit because in order to do it right, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to work harder and longer than you thought you were going to or than you would like to. Sometimes you're going to have to negotiate and save a deal at 9 o'clock at night when you really don't want to. Not because you necessarily created it, but there's a lot of people involved in real estate that will create that scenario for you from time to time. So don't get into it believing that you can just make all this gobs of money on only a few hours a week. And I think, Tim, to your point earlier about Bravo, they sometimes can make it look that way. You know, we often will watch that and say, yeah, sure, that listing appointment went that easily, right? Good luck well, with that. Julie, so that, go ahead. The key takeaway is the antivirus software concept, right? So the antivirus mm-hmm. software on your computer, guys, is always running, always looking for problems, always looking for subversive things, trying to basically steal your data and whatever, whatever, right? And, yeah, you might only work 
uh, eight to like if you're primarily a listing agent, and your guys are following the real estate treasure map, and you're focusing your best energies on getting and maintaining your magic number of listings. You can have something that resembles a normal work week <laughs> where you don't have to work nights and weekends. That is absolutely possible if you focus on basically putting all your best energies to becoming a listing agent. But that does not mean you're not going to be thinking about your business pretty much 24-7. If you're going to be successful at real estate, and by the way, if you're going to be successful at anything in life, it takes 100% just absolute ridiculous dedication to the point where you might sometimes feel like you're going crazy. That's what it takes. It takes that level of focus. It takes that level of – you can use whatever word you want to use, but the, you know, the way I always think about it is you have to have myopia. You have to have tunnel vision. You have to just be focusing – all your best energies every single day on your business. And doing so, I'm not saying, you know, during normal working hours, you can do normal work things. But I promise you, if you're going to be successful at this business, when you're at the zoo with your kids, in the back of your mind, your antivirus software is going to be running, and you're going to be thinking about work stuff. And if you have a problem with that, you're not going to be successful because you cannot get away from that. You have to be absolutely obsessed with your business. You know, I'm, I don't want to step on one of our upcoming points, but I'm, I'm going to add a little bit. Don't believe in passion, believe in obsession. So, Julie, let's get to the next point. Okay, that's right. That's point a, number that five. Was a good, we'll call it a prequel, okay? A Actually, preview. you know what? Point number Julie, five, let's though. move them. Let's, Julie, let's Julie, 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 let's move okay. them. Yes. So, point number yes. five. Okay, don't get into business because you think you have passion or because you do have passion. So, passion is a fleeting emotion. You know, passion will come and go. Passion will ebb and flow. That is what it is. It's just an emotion. Passion is, or the quest for passion in your work, is just basically another way that ego sneaks in and screws your potentiality because it becomes the excuse. Oh, I just don't feel passion. You know, I'm not going to do what I don't want to do today because I don't feel like it because I don't have passion. Or I'm not really going to do a great job with this particular person because I don't feel passion. Or I'm not going to really, you know, you guys see how it's an endless loop of negativity. If you think you can form a business and be successful at it because you feel passion for it, you know, something you really, really, really love. Let's just say like you're, you know, one of these people that really, really, really loves real estate will get into the business for about six months and you won't anymore because you're going to realize that the work part of it will always suck the life out of the passion part of it. That's just the way it works. So if you think you're getting into business uh, because you have a passion for something, that that's going to cure all your problems and make you get into the end zone, you're wrong. You will fail. And if you think your reason for not uh, being successful is because you don't have passion, well, guess what? I hopefully will make you feel better to let you know that you don't have to have passion. And matter of fact, it's our opinion and the opinion of very a ton of psychologists and a ton of just virtually anything, if you study this, that basically having passion or the quest for passion is just another one of these modern-day hoop-de-doo, stage speaker, guru, hypey, you know, things that screws people's potentiality. So don't look for passion. Don't expect to have passion. Don't think you have to have passion to be successful. All right, Julie, point number six, which was five. All right, you have – I'm with you. You have an idea that nobody else has. You've figured out some niche within, within the niche that nobody else has thought of in real estate. Your brilliant mind is going to take it to the market, and it's just going to change everything. And, Tim, you often use the Bruce Williams, uh, who we used to listen to uh, back when we were in real estate and even in the car business, the phone book advice. Talk to them about what you mean by that, about you know the, the whole aha yes, idea yes, versus it. proven ideas. 
Go ahead. So Bruce Williams was this great guy. He still is alive, I believe. If you guys haven't listened to him, he used to do a radio show. Uh, and back when Julie and I were in high school and college, we were married for 26 years this year. We had a car cleaning and detailing business. That's how we paid our way through college before we got into real estate in our early 20s. But anyway, I used to listen to at our shop, we used to listen to Bruce Williams. And one of the things he used to say, which I thought was very fascinating, was he said, basically, if you had to start a business, and this is a question he used to ask us callers, if you had to start a business and you had enough startup capital and all you had to do, the only book you had to do or you had access to, to your market research was the Yellow Pages, would you choose the, how would you choose which business to get into? And most everyone uh, that he would ever ask that question, and I've also learned to ask that question too, just to kind of position people, is I, uh, they all say, well, I'd go to wherever there was the least number of listings. Well, I'd go to wherever there was no competitors. And he would always say, that's the exact wrong reason to get into business because you think you're going to try to find some sort of silver bullet. What you want to do is you want to go to the section of the yellow page that is the most listings, that is the most competitors, and you want to do that because the market's already proven. So if you are using the excuse that you're waiting for your big aha, your big eagle to fly over, your big whatever, before you actually decide to, I'm just looking for my big idea, I'm promising you that if you just go to your virtual yellow pages and you look to see where the section has the most listings and do that, you're going to be successful. There's already a defined market for that. Point number eight, Joy, I think. Uh, whatever. Yeah. The next point yeah. is the next point, uh, you're in business because you, yes, you think that yeah. someone's going to just want to buy your business. You're going to create it, then you're going to sell it, and that's how it's going to go. And you've interviewed uh, a couple of people recently, Tim, that talked about that. But to build it specifically to do that is fleeting in most cases. Wouldn't you agree with that? Build it and just well, sell it yeah, and that's because it? Here's, okay, split. so let's just get – Let's just give them the math, okay? And, Julie, let's do try to get through the next two points so they get, these guys can have all their points. Uh, so here's the bottom line. Uh, again, when you look at how companies are sold, when you look at how real estate brokerages are sold, most of them sell for three times their net profit. If you look at – there's only been a handful of teams that have sold, and they sell for three times their net profit. Let's go back to the example I gave you of the team that sells and earns a million dollars in commissions. They earn a million dollars in commissions. They have a net before tax profit of $150,000. They're going to sell for three times that. You guys with me? $450,000, $500,000. But here's the clincher that most cases virtually – it's almost impossible to find somebody who's going to buy a team for 500000 in cash. The owner, whoever is selling the team, is going to finance it. And typically the most they're going to get down is 20%, so they're going to get hundred grand down. And they're also going to have to stay working in the business as part of their payout to get the rest of the money. Why anybody would do that if they have a successfully running business, aside from just basically wanting to do something else, I'm not really sure. But there it is. I mean, you know, there's – so the idea that you're going to build a business that's going to be a sellable asset, you want to bet, doesn't happen. The, mo the, the model that exists right now for real estate teams and for brokerages and the rest of it is dysfunctional for the most part because the margins are too small, and it doesn't attract real businesses that want to acquire businesses. The businesses themselves aren't scalable, the kingpin businesses, and they don't have enough profit margin. So if you guys, brokerages or teams, if you actually want to build a sellable asset, you're going to have to get your margins up. Otherwise, nobody's going to actually want to buy the business. One downturn in the economy, guys, and history has proven this to be true. Whether you're a brokerage or whether you're a team, and I'm mostly worried about the teams, one downturn, one glitch, a couple of rises in interest rates, some sort of you know Korea War, whatever boils up, you watch how fast the market turns, and then you're going to be uh, stuck with all that fixed cost. 
that is going to be a huge problem for a lot of these big teams. Two more points, and then we're done. You think, uh, I think this is point number eight, uh, you think uh, you can make your business work around your lifestyle. You don't want a boss to schedule any other type of accountability. So you guys get into business. You get your real estate licenses, you, or it doesn't matter even what kind of business. This happens for everybody. And you think all of a sudden you're going to have some sort of lifestyle where you can come and go where you, you know, when you choose, how you choose. And the other thing is, is you get into business because you don't want a boss. But what you don't realize is the boss you're hiring, or the boss you're firing by starting your own company or getting your real estate license, you're replacing with about a billion bosses. And those are called your customers. You guys follow me? So as soon as you have 10 listings or 20 listings or three buyers, all those people become your boss because they all control your paycheck. They all control your lifestyle. So, look, if you think you're going to somehow get your business to work around your lifestyle, you can to a certain extent. If you're a listing agent on the buyer's agent side, you already have realized that that's not really possible, especially this time of year. But if you want to be a listing agent, you can you know, put limitations uh, that basically reinforce the business uh, being there to service the lifestyle, though, you know, you're investing and, you know, your wealth building and all the rest of it. But for the most part, if you think you can make your business work around your lifestyle, you're going to run into constant conflicts and you're always going to be a little bit frustrated because you're always going to feel like your customers are encroaching in on your personal life. You have to break those barriers down until you basically have accumulated enough wealth that you actually can start saying no without actually having to have an adverse effect on you financially. Last point, uh, you want to have a family-owned business with your friends. Best, business, uh, best family businesses are one family members, you. If you have a business with a family members, hiring and decision uh, must be made using numbers. Uh, the problem with family-run businesses, the problem with basically – and I personally have made this, problem, this mistake. I'll be the first to admit it. We've hired family members. It is always a mistake because you know how you have your, uh, your business software, your antivirus software that's running in the background at all times. Well, when you have uh, a problem with the service or the job that someone who is related to you and works for you is doing, then you're going to have all kinds of compounding issues. You think those Thanksgiving dinners have uh, tension now. Just wait until your kids work for you. <laughs> wait until, you know, you're running in the did the sign get put in the yard questions in the back of your mind when the kid who didn't put the sign in the yard is sitting across from you when that seller's pissed off asking about their home brochure and your daughter was the one that was supposed to take the picture. So I strongly encourage all of you guys, if you're in situations where you have family members working with you, you're going to have to have very rigid business structures put in place, very strict chains of command, and you're going to have to have the system very dependent on uh, accountability, and we talked about that before on some of the previous points. So there you go, guys. I know we gave you nine points, not ten, but there you go. There's nine points, not ten. And I want you to really think about these things and really be honest with yourself. Guys, look, I realize there's all kinds of romantic notions about being an entrepreneur and working for yourself. I get the fact that right now, societally, and I'm, I'm happy for it. You know, being a business owner is once again a trendy thing. It wasn't for a while, guys, and it ebbs and flows, and right now it is. And I really love the fact that there's so many folks that want to get into their own business, and personally, I think there's no better business to be in than being a real estate agent. That's my own opinion. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that would say doing something else is better, maybe software, maybe this, the, the other thing. But there's no other industry, no other business where the barriers are so low or the opportunity 
is so great and the margins potentially so you know so huge if you run a business that's built around profit but all these other emotional reasons all these other sort of social reasons all these other sort of things that have crept into real estate that erode the profit of the business that erode the real the value of the business those are the types of conversations that I want all of you guys to start having with yourselves I gave you a suggestion on a book we love the book it's a book that will never get suggested at any real estate conference, I promise you, because it talks about things that makes real estate agents, brokers, teams nervous. Again, get this book. Profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. Uh, don't be surprised if you're offended by probably half of what he says, but man, is it a great book. So I strongly encourage you to read that. If you guys need us for anything, I want you to email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Um, some of you guys have been asking about our new book, Harris Rules. I believe the book will be released in August. We're very excited about that. We're looking at cover designs and all the rest of it. Um, it's going to be, I think, uh, our best of thus far, after you know, 20 plus years in this business, it's going to be our best of suggestion for anybody who wants to build a long-term, sustainable, ever-increasingly profitable real estate practice. If you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.